right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of We The Scenario. I'm your host, Tony Siona, alongside my fearless cohort, the incomparable Miss Maggie B. At We The Scenario, we are always aware of every situation we as a people are facing daily. With racial and political tensions rising at an alarming rate, it's very difficult to see any light at the end of this dark tunnel we all seem to be walking through. On top of all that, jobs are becoming more and more scarce, and people are being very creative in creating their own businesses to survive. Thankfully, our podcast has given a ray of hope to our youth because we are blessed to have dialogue with professionals in their respective fields. This alone is inspiration and may spark the next great mind in our generation. To say the least, I'm excited about our future. Now, before my spiel gets too long, I'd like to welcome today a very special guest. Today, we are honored to have the very talented Ms. Courtney Harrington. Ms. Harrington is an alumni of Xavier University in Louisiana, hailing from San Jose, California. She is also a top producing real estate agent in the Silicon Valley area from EQ1 Real Estate. To add to that, she has a show titled The Real Woman Real Estate Podcast. I can go on for days, but before I do, let's welcome our esteemed guest. How are you today, my dear? I'm doing well. Thank you for the introduction. And I just want to clarify one thing. I'm actually from Houston, Texas. So we got to go in town. There we go. Okay, (laughs) A-Sound. Okay, 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 A-Sound. Let me uh, excuse myself for that. (laughs) No, it's all good. Okay, I apologize for that, but thank you for correcting me. But I do, I, I do do stuff. I do look into what I'm seeing, and that's what I saw. So I threw it. Houston wasn't there, so I got you now. I Shout got it. It's all good. <laughs> all right, Miss Maggie, you want to go ahead and, and take it from here? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So, welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, to start off, can you just talk a little bit about yourself and what you do? And then most importantly, what, what inspired you to join us on our show today? Sure. Um, a little bit about what I do. Um, I just try to educate people on the real estate process, um, from buying, selling, investing, uh, the, the whole process. Honestly, there's just a lot of people out there that just don't understand the process. Uh, don't understand the the creation of wealth from real estate, but a lot of our, just our top professionals, uh, wealth has been created through real estate. And I know I didn't have that education growing up in school. And so that's kind of what inspired me. Um, I really started out doing real estate. I was, my background is in finance. I have about 13 years of uh, finance and public accounting experience. And I used to be a revenue accountant and I've worked all over the the valley from your googles and all of these you know companies and tech companies and things like that but i started to have my family i really wanted to focus on my family but still do something for myself that would give me a business that would help me just feel like i'm doing something for the community like i'm giving back but still be a part of my my kids life and real estate gave me that real estate gave me that opportunity to still have a business but still be a part of my kids' life and be active in, active in their lives, you know, go to the football games, go to the, you know, soccer games and things like that. And so that's what um, inspired me. And what inspired me to be here, I think was your third question is, um, I'm passionate about, I'm, I'm a mother. I'm a mother of, I'm raising two um, black boys and a little girl. And I am passionate about educating them about our history, about real estate, um, these are just things that just aren't taught to us. And anytime I can have an opportunity to reach youth on any level, I'm going to do it. So I'm just, I'm excited to be here. Okay. I appreciate that. I have a quick question to add to what you were saying. 
Um, right now, I'm, I'm reading a book called Financial Literacy for Millennials, right? Um, okay. And it, it's, it stresses a lot about how they need to be financially capable to navigate their way through the world we're living in right now. Now, considering where we're from, a lot of people that I know aren't even, you know, versed on anything when it comes to real estate or being financially stable. How do we curve them to start joining this, you know, dialogue and this conversation? How do we get them to understand that it is important for us to have this, uh, this knowledge and not be, you know, blind to it? How do we get our youth to, you know, follow that, that run of it? I think the first step is knowing where we come from. I always start with telling people about, you know, why don't we have land? You know, let's kind of start the conversation. My, my son is eight years old and I can kind of start to kind of cut away the cookies and actually cut it straight to him now and just tell him, you know, our history comes from, you know, redlining and educating him on what redlining is and why were we mapped out of certain areas and why don't we have land now? You know, my first exposure to um, where, where our map and our geographic area was Spike Lee's 40 acres and a mule. I didn't know what that meant as a kid growing up. I didn't know what 40 acres and a mule meant. I just thought he picked the name. Me too. You know, and then I started to kind of look into this and investigate this. And I'm like, oh, we were owed 40 acres of land. Imagine if we got 40 acres of land, all of us, right, from the start. We have this landscape and real estate would look totally different than what it is now. So I say start with our history. Um, if you're trying to educate children, our kids, um, or even ourselves, there's a lot that we don't know. I would say start there and then kind of talk about, you know, why the landscape is the way that it is. Why do our schools look the way that it is? Talk about, you know, funding and, and property taxes um, and how homes and the value and how the house is valued you know, kind of start there. And I, I don't know anyone that started out there that said, I don't want to know more. You know, I don't want to educate myself on more. My belief is, you know, considering what you said, it's not that I don't think that our youth want to learn. It's that it's not at their fingertips to grab, you know, and, yeah. and it's not there for them to even reach out and look at it or even have a thought of being a part of that process. So having, you know, people like yourself and the people that I work with is actually giving them an avenue to start walking down. So, you know, that's, that's why I'm grateful for, you know, women in your position uh, because you're actually an inspiration for me as well to make sure that I'm teaching the right way and I'm teaching kids what they need to know to be stable on their way to their adulthood. But, you know, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. so much to, there's so much that, that we don't know and that we just weren't taught in school. There's just, you know, there's so much that um, that we're missing in regards to um, that that type of education. Right, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears on you. Not really switch gears. I'm gonna ask you this question because I think uh, our listeners need to hear your answer on this. Right now, the United States is going through a revolutionary but also very traumatic time. How are you staying sane and taking care of yourself during all that's going on right now? For me, I have, um, you know, with me, like I keep bringing up the, the kids, it's really important for me to have rituals. And I wake up really early in the morning. You'll see me, I'm now, I'm now my, my afternoon cup of coffee because I've been up since six o'clock this morning. <laughs> so I start off my day 
with um, just working out. I do um, a lot of yoga, then meditation, and I do all that before the kids wake up so that I'm prepared to have kids and talk to them because if they beat me up, it's a totally different environment, right? So um, that's, that's the number one thing, I think, is, is to have your rituals. And, you know, I just try to remind myself that, you know, with everything going on, number one, it's not new. This has been going on forever. And right. so I'm glad that everyone else is kind of waking up to it. But this is something that we've been kind of living. And I, I, I don't feel the need to kind of defend what's happening, explain what's happening, and live it. That's a lot for me. And so what I've just kind of chosen to do is, um, you know, kind of focus on the things that I can't control. And it's it's educating my kids. It's continuing my business. I can't help give back if I'm one of them. So I try to focus on my business. I try to um, put myself in a position where I, I can educate people and where I can financially help people. That's what gives me hope, right? So if someone needs something or if you, know, you need this or my family or my friends or whoever needs something, but I put myself in a position where I'm able to help. And that's what kind of keeps me, keeps me motivated, keeps me sane. Nice, I love that. So kind of taking care of yourself first with waking up early, getting your coffee or yoga, and then being in the mindset to, to help others, just like you said, that's awesome. Um, kind of a follow-up to that, um, how, just out of curiosity, because um, I've, I've just been thinking about people who have young kids, like how are you um, talking to your kids about everything that's going on um, and what's, what's kind of their reaction to it? Yeah. My other two kids are a little too young. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. I'm at, I'm at the start. I got a long oh, ways to go. So you're at 16. You, you're, you're halfway there. You know what I mean? So right. I'm, I'm at the start of this thing right here. So it really kind of starts with my, um, you know, my eight-year-old and my five-year-old. He, you know, he kind of picks up on a few things. And we really try, you know, kids pick up on energy. <laughs> they really do. And so we just try to not have, a lot of opinionated news and things going on in the house and we want to control the narrative in the house so i just i tell my son you know you tell me if you have any questions we're not living in a household where you can't be afraid to voice your opinion ask questions or be afraid to speak this is an open forum with um no judgment because you got to look at things from their perspective they're at home they used to go to school you know, this is weird for them. If you put yourself in their shoes, like, why well, mommy and daddy are at home all the time. I'm at home. I'm not going to school. I'm no longer around my friends. And then I see all of this crap going on on the news. There's this virus, and now there's these racial tensions. And so he asked me. He said, "Well, I do have one question, mommy. You know, why did why did why did that police officer kill this man?" And we had to have a frank discussion, and we had to sit down and and talk about it, and talk about, and it led into my motivation for him and why mommy's pushing him to make sure that even though it's summertime that we're still doing our 20 minutes of reading a day that we're still doing our math every day that we're still practicing our writing right and that there's there's reasons for this and there's reasons why mommy is telling you to do all these things you know so it it, it leads and then it always i have my own agenda right it always leads into a teachable moment <laughs> do what i'm asking you to do you know right uh I have to say this, you know, considering the fact you're raising kids, I am too. Um, yeah, my niece, she's actually, I call her my daughter. She 
recently just had a son. And with all this going on, he was born right before all this started. And a couple of days after that, like I was looking through my social media and I, I just broke into tears because I'm like, this is, I have to raise another young black man in this mess that's been going on for so long, you know? And then I'm looking at my kids, like, and I'm looking at my daughter, I'm looking at my sons. I'm like, man, like, I can't get around this. And there's no way to get away from it because it's everywhere, especially with social media being such a vast thing. It's, it's everywhere you look. So there's some days I have to get off my phone completely, you know, Absolutely. and just like dive into my kids and like just fall in love with what they're into so I can remove myself from it because those are the questions that come up to me. And my right. kids are, you know, my youngest son is about to be 13. So it's, it's, yeah. it's becoming more aware and it's, it's, it's digging into him more. And he's like, do I have to choose a side? You know, and I'm like, I, how do I tell you? You know, like, so what you were saying resonated with yeah. me because it's hard for me to keep a, keep a straight mind when things are so dark right now. So, you know, Absolutely. I just, I, I totally had to say that. that. It was bothering me. But what you were saying was perfect. Like, I'm going to take what you said and try to use that here. We're on a pretty good schedule here, but at the same time, they're online as well. So yeah. I have to be aware on how I approach it and what I say without, you know, giving them an option to think for themselves. So you got to give yourself grace. You know, every day is different. You know, I would love to say that every single day, you know, we have this regimented, you know, schedule. While I may be regimented, um, it's just for my sanity. The kids, you know, I have to give myself grace. There's some days that are work out really well. And there's some days where we have to have a reset. And we're like, okay, we're all going to go out. We're all going to go out and ride our bikes or whatever the case may be. And just get out and breathe. You know what I mean? And exhale. It's heavy. Since you did go to college, I got a quick question before I pass this off to Maggie. Um, student loans. You know, um, how do, when you do get on student loans, are, should our kids be looking for grants as opposed to looking for student loans so they don't have to pay that money back? Is that a better option than looking for a student loan and then spend the after years of your college life paying them back and always having that debt which way yeah. would you which way would you guide them to go towards it's such a heavy question you know what i mean um that we have to go this route but the number one thing i say is get there no matter how you have to get there i mean it, it just gonna put you up in the best position so there's so many scholarships that are unknown out there there's so many things that you can apply for that are just kind of hidden if you just do a search or, you know, figure out a way um, to, to get there, whether it's um, scholarship or whether it's grants, uh, that should be the number one thing. That should always be the number one thing to try to get there. But I think um, credit and debt, you know, are conversations in themselves that need to be talked about and discussed, how to leverage debt you know, how to leverage credit. There's things that you can do while you're in school um, to, try to, to try to manage that, right? So um, one thing, I'll give you one quick example. My college roommate's parents bought the home that the roommates were living in and the roommates paid them, right? And so they bought that home, it was in New Orleans, and once that once that time frame was up, they still had property in New Orleans that they can lease out, that they can rent, or they can later sell 
for an appreciated value. So there's ways to try to finesse your debt and try to, you know, leverage credit um, as well. And so I say, you know, absolutely go after the free money, but then, you know, get there however you can get there and then figure out business savvy ways um, that you can manage somebody's debt. Okay. And I'll just have one more quick question uh, because we are on the topic of student loans. Um, how can someone with a student loan debt purchase property? You know, if you have student loan debt, you um, that is one of the main drivers of your, you have your three credit scores, right? And that's going to be one of your main drivers. You got um, Equifax, and I can't think of the other ones right now, but they'll do Period. all three. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll do all three, and you'll get that middle score is what's going to qualify you for a mortgage. And look, checking your credit for anything else, nothing is more difficult than checking your credit for a mortgage, right? And so if you have outstanding student loan debt, that's not bad. That's not a problem. It's right. more so about if you are delayed and if you are not paying your student loans, right? Just having student loan debt alone is, is you know, there's no problem. That's nothing at all. You know how many doctors and dentists and that have been in school forever that have student loan debt? You know, I could name you a bunch of people that have that have gone to school with that are still paying their student loans back and they have multiple properties. You just don't want to be delinquent on anything and yet that's not gonna hinder you at all from the home buying process. Okay, my wife definitely needs to hear that. So thank you for that. And I will definitely yeah. make sure that she catches wind of that because that's <laughs> all I hear is about the student debt. I told her you shouldn't went to school then. <laughs> no, you you just you can't you can't be you know, you can't be like delinquent on, on the home. Right. You know, and that's on anything. Now, there's a whole thing in regards to credit. And that's a whole separate conversation in regards to um, credit and how to use credit and how that affects uh, the home buying process. Okay. All right, Maggie B, go ahead and take it from here, sis. Cool. Thank you so much. You're sharing so much really awesome information. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, going back a little bit, can you talk about your pathway to success in your field, like starting in, in high school and then college and, and beyond? Yeah, you know, I always, in college, I, I started out wanting to be a pharmacy major. Xavier is known for your medical student, your medical students and things like that, not necessarily uh, business, right? And so I started out at pharmacy and immediately I knew that this was not for me. I did not have a photographic memory. And this was not my passion, and this was not my interest. And so um, with that first year, I went into business and it, was, it made sense to me. Numbers, numbers just make sense uh, to me. I come from a family of, of hustlers. I come from a family of entrepreneurs and it just, that it flowed, right? And so I graduated in four years and from there I, uh, with a finance degree and I went directly into finance and accounting. And that's where I stayed for 13 years and, you know, went all the way up, went up pretty, pretty high. And like I said, until the point where my life just started to change, and it was no longer a passion. I no longer wanted to work in that corporate atmosphere, but all of this success and all of this uh, financial and accounting savvy that I've learned, I wasn't necessarily giving that back in any way. You know what I mean? I wasn't necessarily doing anything for myself and just being that nine to five rat race, it just was no longer for me. It was no longer for me and I didn't see a pathway um, that would just continue my passion. Like I just didn't feel it anymore. You know, it just wasn't for me. And so I started my own business. I started my own business, uh, with real estate and it's, it's been great. 
it's been, it's challenging, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's no one telling you to get up and do something every single day. You've got to be regimented. You have to be disciplined and you have to understand that, you know, every single day, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get too spiritual on you guys, but every single day you have to understand that God um, puts you here and, and made you this way for a reason. And whatever you're doing, you just got to stick with it and don't lose focus. Don't get scatterbrained because it's so easy in, um, in entrepreneur to try this and do this and do this. But you really just have to stay focused and good things are going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I love that story. I, I always find it inspirational to hear about people yeah. who were in one field or one job and then just like you said, you know, this is no longer for me. They decide that and then they take that leap of faith and make a big change because that's, I mean, scary. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to do that. It is. <laughs> Um, when you were in college or any time throughout your career, did you have, um, any kind of mentor figure, um, or any kind of person like that who helped guide you, uh, toward your success? Absolutely. My mom, um, was a hair salon owner. She owned her own beauty salon for 25 plus, uh, years. And, um, beyond that, just the women in my family, um, uh, my grandmother, she lost both of her husbands. They were uh, in, in, in Houston and uh, she had to kind of pick up, a, pick up a trade. And she also got into the beauty business and, you know, became her own entrepreneur herself. And then kind of so on and so on. Like everybody in my family, I kind of mentioned that before, just kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit. And I kind of had to ask myself that, you know, like, am, am I a hustler? It, do I have hustle? Do I have hustle in me? Or, you know what I mean? Or because I'm in this kind of like this corporate environment, does that not make me a hustler? And my aunt set me down one time and she was like, Courtney, do you, how many people that look like you do you work with? And I'm like, no, not very many people. And she was like, you hustled your way in there and you stayed there and you kept going to the top. You know what I mean? You kept going up. She's like, that's a hustle. She's like, everybody's hustle looks different. So whatever you choose to do, like you can do it. And so the people that kind of mentored me were my family, man, my family was just instrumental in believing in me. And I think that's just so crucial to have somebody that's close to you, believe in you. Cause so many times people that are close to you are like, ah, you can't do that. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you know, that's too much. Right. But to have somebody close to you that's, that it admires you enough to say, no, you are doing it. You are doing this is everything. And so I'm fortunate enough to have that. Wow. Yeah. Hustle. Hustle is hardwired to me as well. Um, I, I want to be honest, you know, I don't like uh, hiding anything I did, but I grew up as a block boy. Um, and actually that helped me transition in to the sales field, uh, yeah. learning how to talk with people, uh, learning how to manage a product, take a product, split it up have different people go out to certain corners, sell it here, sell it there. It may sound right. weird to a lot of people, but if it's you if it's used correctly, you know, you can transition that life over. And that's oh, exactly absolutely. what I did. You know, I, I I'm grateful for the hard times I went through um cuz I did it not because I had to support a family. I did it because the people around me like you had people around you that were hustling. My people hustled, my family's hustle was you know, a little closer to the streets. And that's what I, I grafted myself to. But I'm proud to say that I don't deny what they've done and I don't I don't feel bad about what I've done either. I, it actually was a helpful thing for me to be a better father. 
uh, because my father wasn't around like that. So that it made me realize that I had to do something right. I couldn't keep going on that path when my first son was born. I completely had to turn the corner. So instead of falling on my face, I just took what I learned from the streets, transitioned it into the corporate world, and ended up hustling my way to the top like you did. So thank you for saying that. I can appreciate that. I appreciate a hard hustle. The hard hustle is always uh, is worth, it's worth it every time. Now, considering what I just said, in the field you're in, what is the most challenging thing about what you do, especially as a, a woman of color, especially where you do your business at? Absolutely. Oh, it's all of that. You know, it's being uh, in the one of the most diverse communities, but not being diverse in African-Americans. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so it, the, the hard part and the challenging part is that you're probably one of the first black people that they've been in contact with. Right. And so you're kind of getting yourself out there, but you're also kind of representing black people. You know, and so, you know, that's a, that's, that's a challenge, but I always just um, get out there. And I, what I have to say to people is just don't be afraid. People will surprise you. Um, people really do surprise you. And I think that in spite of everything that's going on, people are more good than they are bad. Yes. There are some really bad people out there. There are some really hateful people out there, but there also are some really good ones. And the beauty about working in real estate is you can pick and choose who you want to work with. There, you can say, you know what, I'm probably not the person for you, but I know a couple of other realtors that are, that would, that could help you. And that would be really great and more in line with, um, with your needs and move on. You know, you don't have to waste your time with, um, with, um, you know, working with somebody that doesn't, that doesn't align with your principles. And so I would say, you know, one of the most, if I said one of the most challenging things, it's really just, you know, getting yourself out there to the right people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine, like when you first started, just to follow up on, on what you just said, when you first started in yeah. this field and with your business, um, kind of how long did it take you to realize that? Like, okay, I need to be intentional and like selective with, with the people that I work with and kind of feel them out before deciding to work with them. Yeah, um, I think before I, joined the, before I joined the industry, I mean, I could see, I have been in the Bay Area now for about eight years and I could see, um, you know, there's definitely, there can, if you let it, there'll be this kind of us versus them mentality you know what I mean? And you really just can't be a part of that in, in sales and in business. You have to meet people where they are. You know what I mean? You can't, you, you can't be um, divisive. And as a, as a realtor, we are, uh, we're in the service industry. We're here to help people. And so I'm here to help people no matter what you look like, no matter what your situation is. And me having a finance background really helped because I can talk to people about finance all day long, accounting, finance, debt, credit. You know, I can talk to you about that all day long. And those types of things cross, you know, so many boundaries and ethnicities and things like that because, you know, financial education is something that everybody wants, you know, and, and wealth is something that everybody wants. And so that's, um, it's, it's a great business um, in that, but, um, you know, I knew this 
prior to getting in. I knew this in corporate that there was going to be challenges, you know, but if you can work your way in a corporate environment and get people and influence people, then you can influence people anywhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of challenges, uh, kind of going a little more broad, as we've been talking about, this is a super, super challenging time with all this uncertainty, all this unrest, all the things that are going on. Um, yeah. And I mean, I personally, and I'm sure everyone on this call is, is concerned and worried about the youth going through this and growing up and being in adolescence right. or childhood or whatever the case may be, and going through this time in the world. So what's something you might say to someone who's struggling with motivation or self-esteem or just struggling with the state of the world right now? Yeah, I would say, you know, kind of get back to the basics and that's just like do some simple things. You know what I mean? Like I, I encourage people to learn the benefits of, of meditation um and and breathing i i encourage people to um eat healthy this is this sounds you know what i mean kind of against the grain but i think all of these things are are just basic things that we should be doing right if you are having some mental challenges um if you're having some mental woes i know that if i intake in certain foods and certain things um it changes my energy it changes my um my focus and, and so I, I encourage people to do some basic things, like have some pillars that you stand by, you know, kind of have some principles and some pillars, right? You know, for, for me, it's, it's professionalism, it's um, honesty, it's integrity, you know, have some things. And when you lose focus, you can kind of always come back to the core of who you are, right? When you kind of lose your way. But I say, you know, develop a ritual, develop something that will cause you to be disciplined. That way, when you're kind of watching TV and you kind of get caught up, because it's easy to get caught up. It's all over us, um, all around us. If you get caught up in like some of the negativity and things that are going on, you know, if your ritual is to go outside as a, as a kid and, you know, ride your bike or it's to, you know, practice some, some dribbles. My kids love sports, right? So practice some, you know, um, I hone in on your skill, whatever that may be. You know what I mean? Um, do that and do that in a regimented fashion like i know during this time frame this is what i'm going to do right and then have some quiet time have some time away from electronics have some time away from the computer away from the tv and just have some time alone um that's helpful you know i tell my kids that mommy needs i, and I split them up but three hours a day i need three hours of where between this time you know or this time and there are different times each day but this time this is my this is my time you know, this is just for me. And, and they know, hey, don't come in here, don't interrupt. You know, this is, this is just mommy's time. So um, I say anybody can do that, no matter what age you are. You know, have some, have some time to yourself. So to, to kind of, that was a lot. So to kind of wrap that up, I would say meditate. I would say develop a ritual. I would say eat, um, eat, eat right, eat healthy foods. I would say some water. You know, make sure that you're constantly drinking water. I went through a phase during the pandemic where I forgot to drink water. And I started drinking water again. And you could just see this, the change in my skin. Within seven days, you could see it. So I, I say, you know, do things for yourself and put yourself first. Because if you don't put yourself first, nobody else will. 
Yeah, definitely. I love that. Like sticking yeah. to simple self-care things that actually aren't so simple, right? During this right. time when everything is crazy. And I really like what you said about um, finding your your pillars, I think you said. Um, yeah. Because this time, like while it is crazy and it's scary, um, it's also, there is a lot of positive change, hopefully that's going to be happening. And so that's happening outside and then within our own homes and within ourselves. I think it's a a good time to explore, you know, within and kind of see, yeah, discover what those pillars are for us individually. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ms. Courtney Harrison, today I really enjoyed, you know, your views on on everything we we covered today. Um, it was it was great to hear, you know, the power on what you're saying because I don't get that enough. A lot of us don't get that enough especially for my women, our black women. No disrespect to anybody else, but, you know, yeah. I, I look for that. I look for the power in that. I have a daughter. She's actually on the call with us today. Um, she's, that's my 16-year-old right there. Um, I need her to see that the power is in our women, um, all yeah. women, you know, period. Because um, you guys carry the strength. I mean, you push out life. I don't know why y'all ain't at the, top of the, <laughs> at the top of everything, but I didn't create this thing. So, you know, I, yeah. I go off what I know, but what I do know is that our respect for all women is there, um, especially for our black women as well, because the power in you is uh, it's undeniable and it needs to be seen and more people need to see it. And if I have a chance to use my voice to make sure I'm pushing that agenda, I will do that as long as I'm breathing. So thank you again. I appreciate Ms. that. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Anything else you want to say to the people before we wrap up? No, I think if I were to wrap up and leave uh, people with one thing, I think it's what I said before that, you know, you um, you're here for a reason. You know, you being here is, is not an accident. It's not a mistake. And we are here for a reason. And, you know, find your, find your, find your why and just go after it. Don't let anybody deter you. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Um, you got this. That's what I will leave you with. Once again, Ms. Courtney Harrington, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We are blessed to have you. Uh, this will go on Spotify. Uh, so you can check it out. We the Scenario Podcast featuring me as the host and Miss Maggie B is uh, my co-host as well. I want to thank everybody that listened in for coming. Um, like she said, don't let anything deter you. Keep your eyes, you know, on the prize and keep ten toes to the ground and keep going. Um, that's that's what we need to do to stay strong. And through all these dark times, I'm sure we're going to get out of. We need to keep pressing and we need to keep pushing on and making sure that we're living our lives according to the way we need to live them. So uh, thank you again, Ms. Courtney, for joining us. Like I said, we're on Spotify. We'll also be on Anchor. So whenever you get a chance, listen in and check us out. Thank you for coming. All right. Thank you. Wrap it, Dwayne.